Good evening, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Black Bargaining Town Hall call. My name is Mahalia Corley. Uh, I am a Unity and Mobility Campaign Lead for District 3 out of North Carolina, and I will be the moderator for this call this evening. We are excited uh, to have you join us on this call tonight. We're really looking forward to a meaningful call on this evening and able to answer some of the questions that you have had uh, since the TA has been approved. So um, as the dollar is dialing out to let our members know that this call is began, uh, I do want to um, allow time for the members to actually enter in the call. So we thank you for your patience on this evening, and we are excited to really get in down into this tentative agreement uh, so that we can put your minds at ease. Uh, I also would like to thank our District 3 Vice President, uh, Richard Honeycutt, and uh, the assistant to the Vice President, Nick Hawkins, for their assistance in putting this call together so that we can make sure that we have informed members. We really appreciate the work that they have done for us. So again, we want to just welcome everybody into the room. We're going to be getting started here shortly, and we know that you have questions. We know that you're a little anxious about what is in this tentative agreement, and we want to unpack that for you on this evening. So. Um, we're going to just wait just a little bit here just to allow everybody to come in. But we thank you for your patience on this evening. We thank you for coming into this call on this evening because the bargaining committee has done an excellent job, and we want to be able to get that information out to the members um, because you guys matter. You're doing this work in the fields, and we want to make sure that you are um, up to date on what is going on with this TA. So. Uh, with that being said, we're still allowing people to come in because I know that we have a lot of people that want to know what's going on, and we are just really ready to unpack this for you on this evening. Now, um, as the bargaining, uh, as you know, the bargaining uh, committee have reached a tentative agreement with CWA and AT&T Mobility for a new contract covering over 7,000 workers across the nine south eastern states so we thank you all again for standing with the bargaining committee through this process now again this was a process and we really want to thank the bargaining committee for their efforts and their hard work and labor that they have put into this and we want to make sure that you understand that we are standing with in unity as a mobility unit because we want what's best for everybody in this bargaining group as well okay so welcome into the room as they continue to come on in um like i said there have been a lot of many new improvements uh, through this process so we've had a lot of uh, great strides with this new tentative agreement which includes uh, substantial wage increases with inflation protection job title upgrades, paid parental leave, overtime after eight hours, new stipends for the work from home agents, um, enhanced job security, uh, commuter benefits, increased severance payments, and much more. So um, your bargaining committee wants to thank you as well for your hard work and mobilization efforts that was going on around the districts while they was at the bargaining table. 
And without your hard work and your mobilization efforts each day, this would not be possible. We would not be where we are right now. So we do thank you for that. So this meeting this evening is expected to last about an hour or so uh, because we do value your time, and we know that we all have busy schedules. But we wanted to carve out time to be able to uh, break this down for our membership as well. So joining us this evening from our bargaining committee uh, is our committee um, chair, who is uh, the administrative director, Calvin Banks, and our committee co-chair, Ms. And Andrea Hubbard, which is a staff rep. Uh, also, we do have uh, three of the committee members that are uh, here as well. So we just want to thank them for being doing an awesome job in getting us to this tentative agreement. All right. So as I said, we're still waiting for people to come on in the room. I know that you want to have your questions answered, and we want to uh, let our bargaining, our bargaining committee give you those answers so that you can make an informed decision so that we can go ahead and ratify this contract. So I'm excited tonight, excited that you're in the room. And without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our assistant to the VP, Mr. Nick Hawkins. Good evening, brothers and sisters, and thanks, Mahalia, for all that you do. And I want to welcome everyone here to tonight's call, let you know that we do have several hundred members from across District 3 that are on the call with us tonight. And we're going to start out uh, by going through uh, the changes that are included in the proposed tentative agreement. Uh, Kelvin and the bargaining committee members will go through them. And then at the conclusion of the presentation, uh, we'll have time for questions and answers. I do believe we'll start out uh, the Q&A period with some of the questions uh, that were submitted when you registered for the call. Uh, and then there will be an opportunity uh, for those who would like to ask a live question to do so. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for joining tonight. Thank you for being a part of our union uh, here in District 3. And I'll turn things over to Kelvin. Hey, good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Uh, my name is Kelvin Banks. I'm the administrative director here in District 3. And uh, prior to working for, for CWA, I worked for AT&T Mobility for 16 years, um, and many of those years were spent as a customer support specialist. And again, I would like to thank you all for joining the call tonight. Um, what I'd like to do first is um, introduce our bargaining committee. Um, so I'll start with uh, Tammy Harmon. If you would, Tammy, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Tammy Harmon, and I'm the president of the Local 3406 in Lafayette, Louisiana. I've been with the company over 20 years. All right, great, great. And uh, next we'll have Rodney. Uh, Rodney, if you would introduce yourself, sir. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. My name is Rodney Hughes. I'm the local president of 3607 out of Greensboro, North Carolina. I've been with the company for 24 years here. Um, thank you all for uh, all that you've done and uh, been there for us during the mobilization. All right, great. And next we'll have Karen Naji, um, if you would introduce yourself. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Karen Naji. I am out of local 3204 in Atlanta, Georgia. 
I'm the Mobility Vice President, and I've been in RSC for 11 years. All right, great. And um, I, I'd just like to, um, you know, express a special thank you to the uh, committee and um, the work that they did. Um, it was painstaking at times. Um, you know, they wanted to do the best job that they could for the um, for the membership at large, and um, those efforts didn't go unnoticed by me. Um, I, I really really do appreciate the work that you all did. And with uh, with that being said, I'll introduce my co-chair, Ms. Andrea Hubbard. Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Andrea Hubbard. Most people know me as Andy. Um, I started with AT&T in 2006. Um, so I was with the company for about um, 16 years before I um, started working with CWA um, in 2019. I worked um, as a telesales representative. Um, so it was um, a really exciting moment, from, exciting time for me. Um, unfortunately, my call center was surplused in um, November of last year. So um, working on this contract to ensure that members would have um, job security and um, better benefits and raises um, was extremely important to me. So I won't prolong the time. I'm going to go ahead and review the um, highlights of the uh, tentative agreement. I believe that everyone should have received a link to um, pull up on their phones or on their tablets or on their mobile devices. If you could, I hope you can read along with me. I'm going to start on page one, which begins with the duration of the contract and the ratification bonus. So the terms of the contract will become effective upon ratification and will remain in effect until 11.59 p.m. on February 11, 2027. A one-time bonus of $1,000 will be paid if the contract is ratified by March 10, 2023. Wages and other compensation. A base wage increase of 14% um, by the end of the contract without including the new inflation protections and title-specific upgrades. Um, in addition, an initial 5% increase um, will be retroactive to February 11th, uh, will be paid following ratification. Increases will be um, as follows. 5% effective February 11th, 2023, 3% plus COLA effective February 11th, 2024, 3% plus COLA effective February 9th, 2025, and then 3% plus COLA effective February 8th, 2026. The 2023 general, general wage increase will be retroactive to February 11th, 2023. Employees will receive the 5% 2023 general wage increase in their current wage table prior to sliding into any new wage tables. As always, any employee over the max for their title's wage table will receive the general wage increase in a lump sum annually. Wage adjustments to protect against inflation. 
So effective with each annual general wage increase for years 24, 2024, 2025, and 2026, an annual adjustment will be made in the basic weekly rates in each wage schedule to account for high inflation levels in 2023, 2024, and 2025, respectively. For 2024, the amount of the adjustment shall be one and a half times the increase above 3% in the U.S. Department of Labor Statistics CPI-W, um, 1982 to 1984 equals 100 for December 2023 over December 2022. The adjustment will be added to the 2023 wage increase and applied exponentially to the wage table with no change to starting wages. This same formula will be updated to the following years and applied to wage increases in 2025 and 2026. However, in no event shall the wage increase for 2024, 2025, or 2026 exceed 5%. Now, I know that's a lot, so we'll give you um, wage tables um, at the end of the call. C, title-specific wage upgrades. So we did, in this contract, achieve our goal of upgrading customer service call center jobs. So in consumer, the customer service rep one, customer service rep two, and customer support specialist will move to the upgraded premier service consultant job title. Um, customer service work from home and customer support specialist work from home will move to the new title of premier service consultant work from home. There is also a new title, Premier Service Consultant Hybrid, which will be created. That wage table will mirror the Premier Service Consultant job title. The top um, wage, I'm sorry, the top step for that wage table, which is step 13, will be $930. On page three, in business, the business customer service Specialist 1 and Business Customer Service Specialist 2 will move to the upgraded Business Premier Service Consultant. The top weight step for that wage table is step 13, $930 as well. The Retail Sales Consultant 2023 Step 13 base wage increased from 842 weekly um, $842 weekly to a new maximum of $907 with absolutely no money taken from the minimum commission guarantee letter of agreement. That step 13 is now $907 as seen on the wage table. Coordinator 2 title wage table upgraded to a new maximum of one thousand one hundred forty-eight dollars and fifty cents for twenty twenty-three. That step thirteen is now on the wage table as well. And then the client service specialist wage table was upgraded to a new maximum of nine hundred and eighty-six dollars, as you see on the wage table at the bottom of page four. On page five, new the integrated sales support representative, which is part of IHX is now a um, upgraded maximum of $1,204, I'm sorry, $1,204.50 weekly. And the integrated solutions representative 
is now a upgraded maximum of $1,001. On to page six, we do also have additional improvements to compensation and paid time off. The cap on mandatory overtime is now eight hours weekly. So currently there was no cap on how much mandatory overtime um, could be forced on employees. So this was an um, improvement to mandatory overtime. Additionally, time and a half will be paid to employees who work more than eight hours in a day. Previously, it was 11 hours. Differentials for on-call duty, um, the daily rate for on-call pay will be increased from $38 to $42. Call-out payment increased from one hour to two hours of the technician's basic wage rate. Call center multilingual differential increased to $6 per day from $5, not to exceed $30 per week. We also added Martin Luther King Jr. Day to the list of holidays, and there is also scheduling language for retail holiday exceptions. Excuse days with pay. New hires will be eligible for two of the four EWP days upon hiring, one additional day at three months, and the fourth EWP at six months. This is an improvement from receiving one EWP every three months, which means most people, were, well, everyone was receiving um, your EWPs over the course of one year. Now you receive your EWPs within six months. Additionally, EWP counts toward hours worked to get time and a half over eight hours a day or 40 hours in a week. We also changed funeral to recognition of death in the immediate family. New improved sales quota relief formula to be, to be implemented for retail RSCs, virtual sales experts, and integrated solutions consultants. There is also a new work from home memorandum of agreement for work from home titles, which includes $55 per month internet stipend, limits on the company's use of web cameras, options to use exchange time, excuse time, or other paid time off if the employee loses power or internet service at home, and a link to the um, a link to union to the union's website for an electronic bulletin board. There's also no changes to the attendance policies through February 11th of 2026. Um, for the exempt salaried integrated solutions representatives, annual wage increases for those over the new maximum pay step, you will remain at your pay and receive the general, general wage increase in a lump sum payment. There is no change to the attendance and the performance policies, no reset to medical uh, deductibles or out-of-pocket max when moving from a non-bargain plan to one of the bargain plans. Seniority scheduling in Article 12 applies. Differentials in Article 19 do not apply. List of holidays apply. ISR employees directed to work on a holiday will be given another day off to be taken at a later date. There is a new letter for sales quota relief for ISR. 
a new letter for ISRs to receive a minimum annual commission of fifteen thousand dollars upon annual I'm sorry, upon one hundred percent of target. This improvement does not lower the current twenty thousand dollar annual target for ISRs commission, but provides a floor the company cannot go below. ISRs will be included in the ESC Employee Employment Security Commitment in case of surplus. The minimum commission amount for ISRs will be added to their base wages for sliding and pay protection. Three, job security. Call center share commitment. So the company agrees to maintain the call flow at an agreed upon level until December 31st, 2026. The company will also provide quarterly reports to CWA so that the union can ensure compliance. In the event the call flow percentage falls below level, no involuntary surpluses will be declared unless there is an extraordinary drop in total call volume or other adverse economic reasons for the decline. Additionally, the company also agreed to increase the number of call center jobs each year of this agreement. Employment security commitment. All titles, all titles are now included in the ESC. The ESC applies to each surplus not those caused only by a call center or store closing. New Memorandum of Agreement for Retail Store Operations and Authorized Retailers. The company agrees to keep company-owned retail stores operating at an agreed-upon percentage each year of the agreement. During any period of shortfall, the company shall not close any company-owned retail locations nor shall, shall it declare any involuntary surplus in all or any of the company-owned stores unless there are adverse economic or business conditions. Severance payments increased from $700 with a maximum of $18,000 to $800 with a maximum of $20,000. Union representation, new. Local presidents will suffer, suffer no loss in pay to attend meetings with other AT&T companies. This includes meetings where documentation will be recorded in the employee's personnel file, grievance meetings, LGP meetings, and committee meetings with the company. Healthcare. Maintains a fair cost share. Employees classified as 2017 and 2019 new hires will pay the same rates as those classified as current employees beginning January 1st, 2024. New, the company subsidy to the bargain health care plan will begin on the higher date for both individual and family plans starting in 2024. New, two weeks of paid parental leave beginning, uh, beginning January 2024. New, a higher deductible option three was added as an option. New, health savings account with a company contribution is available 
beginning with the 2024 plan, of course, with certain options. And then under the option two and option three plans, preventative medications critical for treating congestive heart failure, coronary artery, uh, artery disease, diabetes, asthma, depression, and osteoporosis will be exempted from the deductible. This addition will improve the health plan's affordability for members with these conditions. On pages 8 and 9, we do list the, um, the, the monthly premiums for individuals, individual plus spouse, individual plus child or children, and family. On the bottom of page 9, there are also commuter benefits beginning in 2024, Locations with an out-of-pocket parking cost will now have the option to have this fee deducted from your pre-tax payroll dollars. This option will save additional money on your taxable income. We also raised the uh, tuition reimbursement caps, maintained the short-term disability plan, and fought off other company demands to win a strong tentative agreement. Again, we thank you all for your support, your mobilization efforts during bargaining, and we are um, really hoping for ratification. Kelvin, I turn it over to you. All right. And uh, Mahalia, I think you had an announcement you wanted to make. Yeah. Thank you, Calvin. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know that if you want to ask a question, if you can press star three, and you will be put on with a, uh, a screener, and they will take your questions so that we can be able to answer within a Q&A session, okay? So, that's, again, that's star three. Thank you. Calvin? Okay, great. And I, I wanted to touch on a few things that, um, that came in um, on the pre-questions, and uh, we have a few questions around this topic now. Um, one is, how does the overtime after eight, how does it work? Um, the question was specific to exchange time and whether or not the eight hours, um, the overtime after eight would apply to an exchange time circumstance. Um, the answer to that question is no. Um, so for example, if if on Monday, um, you have to leave work two hours early, and you want to make those two hours up on Tuesday. Um, making those two hours up on Tuesday would be straight time for you in that particular scenario. Um, so we can't get overtime just by virtue of doing exchange time. Um, the other aspect of the overtime after 8 which is, I feel like, a great change. Um, we were able to get EWP time to count as time worked. So, for example, if you had, say, four hours EWP on a Monday on the front side of your shift, uh, you come in, you work four hours. Um, at the end of the shift, you get stuck with a customer, whether you're on the phone or um, in a retail store. If if you're on with that customer or with that customer, say for an extra hour 
hour and a half or two hours, whatever it may be, those additional hours would still count towards time and a half. And so again, let me give that example. On the, on the front side of your shift, you've taken four hours of EWP. You come in for the second half, you work the four hours, you get stuck with a customer for another hour or maybe two. That time, those that hour or that additional two hours would count as time and a half for that particular day. And so I think that's a that's a positive change. Um and I think it'll benefit a lot of people. Um one of the other questions that we that we received um was around job duties. Uh will my current job duties change um in going to the our premier services consultant title? Um the answer to that question is um Say, for example, if you're in collections right now, um, when the, you know, should the contract be ratified and you get moved into the Premier Services Consultant title, you'll still be doing collections. Um, so you won't see a change there in your duties. Um, and that leads to why did we end up with this singular title in customer service? Um, well, over the last several years, um, the company has been doing a lot of um, mixing and matching when it comes to um, job duties, and so we felt like the best way to remedy that would be to have an encompassing title um, that that way individuals are paid appropriately. Um, one example that comes to mind um, when we think about the need for this um, new title is we had a couple of locations where you would have customer support specialists who actually volunteered to go into a CSR1 title. And so when they got into that CSR1 title, um, they were doing some sales but then they were also doing, you know, traditional customer support specialist work, and they weren't being compensated. And so as a means to try and address that, um, that Premier Services Consulting title was created. Um, I want to say it started in uh, District 6 and then worked around. And so uh, we, we followed suit in that regard. And let's see, there have also been several questions about um, will the incentives change. Um, the incentives, because of the move to the Premier Services Consulting title, will not change. Um, that being said, you have to keep in mind that the company has always maintained its right to change those incentive programs as well as commissions. And so if down the line there are adjustments made in those areas, it's not because of the title change itself, um, just the direction that the company 
wanted to go in. And um, also, when it comes to uh, commissions, although the commission's plans aren't bargained, um, we do have a seat for District 3 on the uh, National Commission's Committee. And so that, um, when those changes are made or, or changes are made to commissions, um, we have a seat at the table during that process to discuss them and be able to understand them. And um, what I'll do now is hand it over to, uh, to Andy. Okay, so I'll start with some of the questions that um, were sent in um, a bit earlier. Um, let's see. So I received a question here from Mario Jackson. Mario's question was on um, the ratification bonus, whether or not it would be taxed, um, would they receive a, a check, would would it be awarded as fame. Um, Mario, the ratification bonus will um, will uh, come to you as a, it will be taxed, it would come to you um, on your check. I'm sorry. I was looking at something else. I'm sorry, I got a little bit distracted. But yes, it will be taxed. Um, we also received a question from Darlene Stein. Darlene is from Local 3808. And Darlene wanted to know about the IHX quota relief and what would it be. Um, Darlene, the quota relief, quota relief for IHX, there's a... Um, there is a formula for quota relief, and I'm going to read it off to you, but um, we'll see if we can also get this sent to um, members. And your um, your local president or your local should also have a copy of this information. So, sales percentage range is determined based on the total number of eligible hours absent. Um, that the member that the employee has during a monthly commission cycle. So, for example, based on your eligible um, absence days per month, and this could be based on um, vacation, EWP, company mandated training, and union absence time. So, you would receive eight hours of quota relief. Um, you would receive quota relief for every eight hours per month it would have to be a minimum of eight hours, and then you would receive quota relief. So for example, total at risk would be um, eight hours and you would receive a relief percentage of 5%. Total at risk times the percent eligible hours of absence, which give you your sales relief payment. $1,666 position at risk times one and a half percent would equal the $83.33 sales relief payment. Now, once again, your local would have the actual um, the actual memorandum of agreement, so that you could I'm sorry, the letter of agreement, so that you could see this in physical form. Because I know me explaining this to you over the phone, if you're not really familiar, if you're not a mathematician like I am, it's really difficult for you to understand. So we could um, get this information to you. 
so that you can actually see it on paper. But there is a formula for quota release. We also received a question from Wanda Jefferson. I believe, Kelvin, I think you might have answered this one on um, will the title changes impact our commission? And title changes um, do not impact your commission at all. Commissions nor incentives. And give me a moment here. There's also a question from JR from Local 3112. Can you give more details on the health care package just to clarify? Um, again, JR, there are additional details that we can provide to you. Your local should have um, the complete package on the um, on the benefits package. If you contact your local, they would be able to give you the full information. If not, um, I believe this information should be available online to you as well. Moment. Let's see. We are getting some live questions, so we're just pulling them up. Just a moment. Okay. Um, we were going. Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Jeremiah, local 3176. Is there a price increase on the um, on the benefits, Jeremiah? If you take a look at the document that I believe. I'm sorry, I want to make sure that everyone received the link. If you did not receive the link, please contact your local president or your local for the highlights of the tentative agreement. Everything should be listed in that document. Because um, I believe if we were to go over this, over these numbers one by one, it would be... Give me a second. Put it at highlight. Oh. I think it would be best if we were to um, get you guys to pull up that document so that you guys could have it um, in your hands. But the prices will be different from um, last year. What we are excited about is that we were able to maintain a fair cost share, as we stated in the highlights. So um, for our current employees for 2017 and 2019, we were able to maintain a fair cost share. So for 2024, for the individual, monthly premiums are 125, individual plus spouse, 374, individual plus child or children, it is 228, and for family, it is 379. Option two, for individuals, it is $67. Individual plus spouse is $199. Individual plus child or children is $121. And for family, it is $202. 
option three, which is a um, a new option, as we said, it does have a higher deductible, but it has a much lower premium for individuals. It is twenty five dollars for individual plus spouse. It is seventy four dollars for individual plus child or children. It is forty five dollars, and for family, it is seventy five. Um. And for Andy, the uh, additional years, again, please contact your locals for um, additional information. And, Andy, also they can go to cwa.org um, backslash forward slash black TA, and they can pull that information as well. Thank you, Mahalia. You're welcome. We are going to take a look at some more questions here. And as a reminder, please, if you want to ask a question, uh, just press star three and a screen will take your question so that the um, that Andy and Kevin will be able to see those questions, okay? Okay, um, what I wanted to do now is go through how the um, how the wage table sliding works. And so, um, if you um, if you scroll down on your um, on the document that you would have received, um, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll see an example of a uh, customer service rep one uh, work from home and a hybrid position that that they are um, creating as well so what you'll see and we're going to go to um step 11 on this um on this document for and these are for illustrative purposes um to give you an idea of how Sliding works. So if you're currently a CSR one at step eleven, which is seven hundred thirty-four dollars and fifty cents a week, um, you'll get a five percent general wage increase for this year, which will then um, take you to seven hundred and sixty-five dollars. And after that, after that five percent is applied, and you get to seven sixty-five, when we move you, or when you get moved into the premier services consultant um, title, you'll actually go to step seven, and you will be at seven hundred seventy-one dollars and fifty cents per week. And that is an example of how the sliding will work. And so if we take that same example, if you're moved into the uh, new title in May, that seven seventy one fifty at step seven, 
then you would go to step eight. And that would be in November, um, six months from six months from when you transition over in May. And I'm using May as an example, just so you can try and follow along. And so in November, after six months has passed, um, your next step would be step eight, and that would put you at seven hundred ninety-six dollars. And so then we'll go over to 2024. You receive an annual increase. That will put you at step eight in 2024. You receive that increase in February. That will put you at $810. Then, because you're still in a six-month progression, May rolls around, you'll go down to step nine in 2024 that will put you at 837.50 when november comes you go down to step 10 for $866 again this is in 2024 in 2025 when february rolls around you move over in step 10 to $800 $85.50. The following May, you go down to step 11, which would be 918. And step 12 in November, that would be 951.50. 2026, you move across in February, that would be 977.50. And then in May, of 26, you'll reach step thir step 13, which would be the top of the scale at $1,016 um, per week. And this is to give you an idea of how the slotting works and how you would actually move in progression. And uh, what we are gonna, what we're gonna do is have a um, a more detailed example sent out so that you all can actually put your eyes on it and, and see um, see how it actually works. Um, let's see. And we have a, a question from Kyle. Um, if people are being brought in at a certain wage and they are higher than what the higher people are making, do I have to wait four years to be making the same wage? Okay. Um, Kyle, that's a great question. And currently in the um currently in the contract we have language to address that type of scenario. It's in Article nineteen. In Article 19, Section 1B, um, speaks to when individuals are hired in with no experience and they're hired in at a higher rate than the incumbent employees in that particular location. When that happens, 
those individuals at the that are are making less than that individual that was brought in with no experience but paid more they have to bring everybody up so that's that's already in the agreement um as it stands right now And I see a question from Shannon. On the funeral, when they say immediate family, they told me I didn't qualify because they said it wasn't a real a real funeral. So I want to know what the definition of a real funeral is. So what, um, what we changed, um, now this is getting into the last, last agreement. Um, we went away from just saying funeral um, to memorial service um, to acknowledge that we have a, a very diverse um, workforce and everybody doesn't mourn the same. Um, so if you don't have a traditional funeral, you should still be covered. And um, one, one of the changes that we that we were able to make um, in this agreement is around um, bereavement, or funerals, or memorial services, however you want to frame it. And as it stands right now, you're paid three days for um, for bereavement. And those three days can't go beyond can't go any more than two days beyond the actual service. Well, we've lifted that restriction with this agreement. Um, it's actually, um, you would have seven days to actually use the three paid days. And so, just to give you an example, as it stands right now, if you're someone who works Monday through Friday and you have a death in the family because the bereavement can't start until the death occurs, um, if you the death is on say that say that Friday and um, and you go out that three day um, that three-day counter starts then. And because you're Monday through Friday, the three-day count is is on calendar days. And so you took bereavement on Friday, which you were paid for. But they're also counting Saturday and Sunday as the other days that you could be paid. Well, since you don't work, you actually lost those days. So, as it stands right now, you have a seven-day window to exercise those three days. And so, in that same scenario, the Monday through Friday person um, takes bereavement on Friday. The death is Friday. They take off. But the funeral is not until the following um the following Thursday for example 
you can tell your manager that I'm going to take bereavement on that following Thursday and following Friday. And you can also pause those seven days. So if it's some unfortunate circumstance where there is a delay and when the service can be uh, performed, whether it's a memorial service, whether it's a traditional service, as long as you're within those seven days and you notify your manager that, hey, this service won't occur for another two to three weeks, they can pause those um, three days that you would actually be paid for. Um, so it gives you more flex. We, we were able to get more flexibility around when you can actually, um, you know, acknowledge someone in your family that has passed away. Still looking at questions here. Okay. Here's a question from Nicole, local 3176. On the raises, I'm an MMS and I work from home. Does the commission still apply to our sales? Nicole, if you were receiving commission before, you will still receive commission as a premier service consultant. Um, we did not negotiate commission, so any um, commission or incentives will still remain intact. There is also a question from Laterica on the paid uh, parental leave. Is it going to span the full 12 weeks before 2024? I'm, I'm believing you're meaning two weeks. Um, the parental leave provides two weeks in um, 2024. And yes, you would receive full, the full two weeks in 2024. Okay, and as you, you're reviewing the questions, um, I do want to just let everyone know that, you know, the call will be soon be wrapping up. So we're going to take a few more questions, and then um, we're, we're going to wrap this call up. And I, I appreciate everybody on this call. So, Annie, you go ahead, and we'll take about two more questions. Thanks, Mahalia. Looking to be sure we are 
answering some questions that we're finding some questions that we haven't already answered. So I apologize. I think we just about answered most of these questions. Okay, so uh, there is a question from Brandy um, Michelle from Local 3403. This was sent to us during um, registration. As a result of a retail store or call center closure, does the company still have to offer them a job and they have to accept or decline in 24 hours? If they decline the new job, will they still be entitled to severance? Um, yes, Brandy, um, the company does still have to offer retail um Retail stores and call center employees a um, job, according to the ESC. Um, there is still one day to um, accept or decline the offer, and if they do decline the offer, um, they will still be entitled to severance. And um, with improvements to the contract, we have offered, uh, we have increased the severance, as we stated earlier, um, to $800 um, or a maximum of $20,000. Okay. I see a question that just came in from Rodolfo. says, um, I started off with AT&T and I now work for DirecTV. Does this include me? No, Rodolfo. Um, you have a DirecTV uh, contract that was recently, uh, um, I'm sorry, that reached a tentative agreement um, last Friday. Um, you should contact your local to find out the details of that tentative agreement, or you could also go to the CWA District 3 page and see um, the information there. Uh, there's also a question from Jerome. The new wage adjustment, how does it work with inflation? Does that mean after the 3% or a 3% and an additional 5%? Um, so with the inflation, that means that you would receive a minimum of 3%, and based on inflation levels, you would receive an additional percentage. Again, that would um, the amount of the percentage would depend on the rate of inflation. So um, we would not know the um, levels of inflation or the rate of inflation until the until the end of the year. So that would depend on um, what we would the formula. That we would, uh, I'm sorry, the inflation rates that we would have to uh, find out at the end of this year. So, for example, um, the raises for year 2024, we know at a minimum, because this has already been negotiated, that everyone would receive a 3% raise. It could possibly um, reach a maximum of 5%, but again, that would depend on the levels of inflation. Um, let's 
see. Okay, Andy, we're going to take one more question, and then we will go ahead and wrap up for this evening, okay? Um. You know what? I guess I'll go ahead and turn it over to Kelvin to let him close it out then. Okay, I see a um, question from from Calvin. Um, what are some examples of an adverse situation that would cause a surplus? Um, the surplus, you know, there there are certain considerations that would um, go into the company's decision to um, declare certain positions to be um, surplus. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be an adverse um, situation or circumstance. Most times um, when a surplus does occur, um, it's because there has been a shift in the company's uh, business model or the, um, the type of work that someone may be doing is starting to decline. Um, could be due to technological advances. Um, things like that. And so there are certain decisions that that the company would make um, based on various circumstances when it comes to a surplus. And so what we try and do is set up uh, parameters around when that when the surplus is declared. Uh, we wanted to be sure that we had we had individuals in a space where they could actually receive an offer of another job within the company um, should a surplus occur. Um, previously, it was limited to only call center titles and retail. Um, now it's opened up to everybody in the workforce, and so we feel like Although we can't prevent all surpluses, um, we would, um, you know, we we would welcome the opportunity for someone to continue their career um, with AT&T should a surplus occur. And I think the ESC does that because everybody is guaranteed a job offer um, because of the ESC. And also, um, when we look at, um, you hear us talking about call share agreements and all of that, that is to guarantee a certain amount of calls that would come into our district, which should translate into job security for our members. And also, 
as part of our call share agreement uh, for this for this term. We are guaranteed that the company will post and fill 250 um, call center jobs each year of the agreement, and so that will be an additional 1,000 jobs coming into uh, coming into District Three. And right. I'll, I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> thank you, Calvin. All right, so I, I just really want to thank everybody for getting on this call tonight. I know that some of you feel may feel that your questions were not answered. However, you are able to go to your local presidents, and if there is some um, questions that you need clarifications on, then they can reach out to um, Calvin and Andy and get you those answers. We really want to you know, thank you all for joining us on this evening. We really want to thank the bargaining committee for the work that they've done because bargaining a contract is not an easy task when you're sitting across the table from the company. And I just want to thank them for doing a, an amazing job and getting us a TA uh, for District 3. So uh, we look to see and uh, for a ratification soon. So thank you all for your support. And um, Nick, thank you for getting on the call, and I want to thank you, Will and Melissa, for helping to get this call done tonight, and I uh, hope you all have a good evening. So, good night, everybody. Thank you so much.